a Shishkin Productions podcast. One, I can't argue because I've never been a staff writer in, you know, in a writer's room on a show. I have stolen valor over here. Oh, I'm no. a staff writer on the show, actually. Oh, yeah. Staff writer. That's why it's so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sizzle Reel Podcast. What's up, Sizzlers? How you doing? It's a new oh, theme song. Yes, right. We're in the uh, Crypto.com podcast arena. Oh, yeah. We're back again. Going strong. Going strong. It's another Friday. Just ready to get the hell out of here. Yeah, we keep ending up, you know, very end of the week, and we're like, ah. Gotta do sizzle. We gotta, gotta do sizzle. sizzle. You know what? But it's good. It's I mean, it, like like I said, it I gets mean, us hype for a Friday evening. Yeah, that's right. It's it's also just a stark uh, contrast to uh, a starch contrast. What's the Star- word? It's definitely stark. starch contrast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a potato with the highlights turned way up and the shadows turned way down. Um, it is a starch contrast <laughs> to. Uh, it's Friday. Oh my god, <laughs> starch. Um, it is a starch contrast to July when we were like we had nothing to do, so we'd record oh, yeah. on like that Mondays should, yeah. or Tuesdays. And now, then, then you would just be sad for like forty five minutes on the microphone. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. five thirty on a Friday. It's the only time we can record because we yeah been, we've been fucking slammed. Yeah, dude, we've been slammed. We call us um a rim that just got dunked on because we've got slammed. Oh damn. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, well, you know, Shaq used to dunk on a rim. Shaq had a show called Shaq Versus. And this, you know, we're coming back with Chris Versus. But that's, God. let's save that until the second half. Um, Chris, uh, you want to plug the socials and then we'll get started? Hell yeah. We are at Sizzlereel Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Gang at gmail.com. That is a very empty inbox these days. Maybe. Yes. We don't really check it's it. It's empty. And of course, we have the Sizzle Real Gold Line. Brr. That is 332-333-4361. Yeah, I have the Sizzle Real inbox up right here, and yes, it is still empty. Oh, okay. Good news, though. We got accepted at 3-4-2023, I was just about to bring that up. So we will be doing our second live performance, if you want to call it a performance, sometime in late March 2023 in Boise, Idaho. In Idaho, it's true. I don't we'll be there. I don't know who's going to be there. I haven't. We haven't really planned it at all. Yeah, we're, we're, it's still pretty far out. I'm I mean, just curious how that whole. We're going to have to figure out a time where we can do it. You know, like where I'm everyone's gonna, available and I'm not asleep in the my middle goal of the day. is to go head to head with Built to Spill. I want to schedule it the exact same time <laughs> as Built to Spill set and just see who draws more. Wow, I'll take you on, Doug. I think I could fucking draw more, bro. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I could draw. Uh, no, we can't draw. Um. Chris, yeah, uh, bro, yeah. I just think it's ironic how we we plug the socials at the front of every episode, but literally, I don't think we have posted a thing on social in like three months. Yeah, it's, whatever. Follow us at Shishkin Productions on TikTok and Instagram. That's where the content actually is of our you know day to day shenanigans in the office. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> it's like that's where the content actually is, sort of. Well, I mean, Not really, that three days a week. That's where the content is. Really, what we need to do is just set up a, a live stream camera that just always streams live to, but, okay. to, to the internet, and that's it. And just that's it. Yeah, and then in the pot in the stew or anywhere, there, anywhere, everywhere. probably in the stew, probably in the stew. But okay. it'll be like, um, you know, uh, sizzle reel gang the should be repurposed to be that. Okay, it's sure. still it's still the invite to the old show from like three months ago. But. Well, I mean, 
two months ago. No one else. Who's going there? Who's going there? Who's going there? Hopefully, no one. Um, Chris, what up? What have you been up to this week? Oh, I've just been in uh, fighting pizza, pizza land, fighting the pizza war. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the pizza battle, but the pizza the, battle. The, the pizza. I'm winning this pizza battle, but I have haven't yet won the pizza war. You keep vamping because I got to make sure I hit record. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's been uh honestly. Not a terrible process. Uh, the producer on this show, he's pretty hands-on. It's mostly a good thing, though. So I took this project over more or less from the start. Um, I didn't assistant edit it. I didn't do with the syncing and shit. But when it came to me, it was basically three different string outs, you know, bro- breaking up the three parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, individually and then I would do cut downs of those send yeah. them over to the producer he'd make notes of, of what to cut yeah. and you know we I did that for maybe two two or three days to get it down you know to a good starting point I think we got it to like 14 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. and we're at the the goal is 12 uh, so then this week I've actually been doing the edit and it, it's been I think it's been pretty fine I think we're way ahead of schedule technically we have three more edit days on it but the producer thinks that we're probably going to be picture locked today hopefully yeah hopefully fingers crossed knock on wood yeah um, rub a rabbit's foot or something rub that rabbit's foot yep and i got a rabbit over here holding it by the foot i don't know if you can tell <laughs> it's very quiet though it's a rabbit uh here, let me hold it up to the mic Yep, that's a rabbit, all right. Uh, get stop, stop, don't stop it. Bit <laughs> 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 me, <laughs> fucking thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fine. I you know I've I've never worked on an episode of that show, but I did do the trailer for season two, and I did the the title sequence that they're using, you know, in into season four now, and it's it's nice. Like I like pizza, and most food shows. I, I know we've talked about it mm-hmm. before. I get really hungry for that food when I'm editing it. I don't get the same way about pizza. I love pizza; it's delicious, but I never want pizza for lunch. I'm not. I'm not super big on pizza. I, I like. love pizza, but it, for me, it's like a either a party thing or like a I'm drunk and it's available thing. It's like I grab a slice and walk with it. I don't want yeah, if I'm yeah. sitting down and I'm eating pizza. I'm like, what? What happened? Where did life go wrong? Same, same. Oh, that rabbit, dude. Oh, jump it all over this fucking office. That's ridiculous. <laughs> get this shit out of here. Where do you even get a rabbit? I don't know, man. That thing is going crazy in here. <laughs> it's jumping all over the place. Sorry, I think that's, that didn't hit as much as I thought it was. madness. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Pizza Wars. Not, yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's, um, um, but I'll, I'll probably be doing another episode next I, week as well. I don't know if I like doing the uh, hosted shows anymore. Like, I think uh, I used to like them. And I don't like them anymore. I I just like doing straight up corporate content. That's it. I have mixed feelings on it. I don't mind it so much just because I'm, I'm pretty used to the complex workflow and like how they shoot and, and all that nonsense. So it's just for me, it's not a frustrating project. You know, after the first five months of this year, I'm happy to just have yeah. some kind of low key projects that, you know, they, they don't bother me. Like yeah. the, the hiking with rappers stuff that I didn't really care about that content at all, but the, the process itself, you know, I I left every day not being frustrated. I mean, I guess, I guess you're right. Like it it just comes down to, like you said, you got, you're used to the process with them and that's kind of what it comes down to. Like as long as you're, as long as you're used to how you work and like how they shoot and how they produce and like all of the steps are, expected yeah then it doesn't really matter what the content is you know and and the more you do it the more efficient you get at it yeah 
And yeah, I've just been in, in complex land. It's honestly, it's nice to have that work back. There was like eight months where we weren't really getting any. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always weird as well though, because I think, I don't know, I don't want to like call out their pricing necessarily, but I think that they have a ceiling and not by anyone's choice. That's just like their, yeah, the it's, corporate, it's their corporate or whatever. structure. Yeah. And so they have like a ceiling that they can pay for our services. Right. Um, but we're like way better than that. So yeah. we always get things done like twice as fast. Exactly. And so what we end up doing is like just still booking the extra days. Um, and then if we're done, the contract still had those days. So we just bill for them. You know? Exactly. But I mean, um, it's one of those things where you get what you pay for. Yeah. And that's, what's frustrating. It's like, you know, you give someone a deal and you know, I wish, I just wish they would realize like how good of a deal. I think they probably do. Yeah. But like, I, mean, I wish the people at the top us. realized how good of a deal it was and actually made an ex- uh, exception to like get the full rate, right. you know, but whatever. I, that's the whole thing. Any, some money's better than no money, I guess sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when, the, write that one down. Some money's better than no money sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so that's been you all week, Pizza yeah. Warren. Yeah. How about you? You Pizza actually Warren had a Buffett. kind of interesting week. We were, we were here until like midnight last night. I don't know if you want to yeah. talk about that first. Sure. Yeah. So there's, um, we work with major league soccer a lot. So, um, recently one thing we've been kind of testing out is a uh, frame IOs camera to cloud feature. Um, and you know, our producer over there, KG, he was, he, he was messing with it last weekend and he showed me some of the stuff he made and I was like, whoa, this looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really like, you know, it, it looks like it's like slow-mo footage that came off an FX six or something like that. Sure. Like cool footage. And, um, he managed to turn those around and post like a full recap of the playoff game. It's like a, you know, full recap. It's like a 60 to 90 second okay. video that's got like a couple key highlights, moments. key moments. Yeah. And it's like good footage that they got from the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Slow-mo cool shit. Um, and Cinematic. he posted that, I think, like five minutes after the final whistle ended. That's mind blowing. Like, yeah. So like the game ended and then he like it was up like five minutes later. And it's like so cool. Yeah, because just to clarify, he's in New York, not where the game He's not on site. at right, the game. Right. The game was uh, who was it? It was Galaxy. And I think there were fourth seed. So I think it was in L.A. I don't, yeah, it was in L.A. It was at the Galaxy Stadium. Yeah. And so they were shooting. And as soon as you finish rolling on that clip, as soon as you stop recording that clip, once it saves to your memory card from your camera, which is connected to the local Wi-Fi network, sure. automatically uploads to frame and you in your premiere project are logged into frame through that frame plugin. Mm-hmm. And that footage automatically populates in your project and That's you can pull it cool. down and put it in bins. So like, um, yeah, you get to start editing right away. And, uh, you know, we decided to test it out um, earlier. Like, I guess at this point, it'd be last week. We tested it out for another match, but that match kicked off at 10 p.m. Because uh, it was also on the West Coast. And this time, the Wi-Fi, it worked great for the first half, and then mm-hmm. it kind of got squirrely. Um, so, you know, either way, we ended up here to like 1 a.m. And it's not yeah. a big deal because we were just watching soccer. So, like, I wasn't really too, you know, I wasn't too pressed about it. But uh, I was a little bit disappointed that the Wi-Fi didn't like fully work. And that 
that kind of tech is like really cool. Like I'm starting to see like how beneficial it is. Oh, absolutely. Remember we were at CES and they kept trying to sell it to us and I kept being like, I don't need this. And they kept like trying to sell it to me. Yep. Yep. I was I like, remember. guys, I don't need this shit. Well, and I mean, we specifically don't need it. It's more yeah. of an enterprise solution or like, you know, like, it's just cool if you're shooting. Yeah, for, absolutely. That's, that's it straight up. Like if you're shooting and it, it's great, we're just not. And we're never really like in such a time crunch if we are shooting that we need to like immediately be turning things around. And if we are in a time crunch, then it's probably on the like the client already has this set up and this is what they want to go with. Yeah. And, you know, outside of like in so for social, I, could, I see it being very useful because those clips are still like usable for mm -hmm. social. Yeah. But in reality, like they're they're still proxies. We're still not getting the original sure. clips. So like. You know, probably makes sense to use that for dailies if like I think if, that's if like a major part of that workflow. Yeah, like if the shoot is happening in a different place and some and like the editors are remote, I guess. But or see, I don't even see I don't remote. even see how that would be good for dailies in a way because the director should be on site. You know what I mean? So like unless he sent like a B unit out somewhere to go get footage mm -hmm. and the 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 main director somewhere else then they can watch the dailies that the b unit went and shot somewhere i could see it being useful for that whatever it's good it's good technology yeah. i'm not shitting on it we did have i'm just saying it you know didn't, yeah didn't work yeah we we <laughs> has nothing to do with the I'm, tech, not, I'm not shitting on it it just doesn't work that's because the wi-fi network yeah I mean, that, again and, the yeah, tech yeah. is fine yeah the, the wi-fi network uh there was another issue where we couldn't get it working in premiere 2022 which yeah. is it's very surprising because frame io is owned by adobe now like that yeah. should be a seamless workflow you had to go into what 2019 i went into 2021 2021 um, okay. but it didn't work in 23 or 22 because they just dropped 23 i think but yeah um uh, that is probably that was the first time i used it and i only had like 10 minutes to set it up before we started sure. so like I just went for the safe route and the thing that I knew worked, mm -hmm. but I, I, there's, it probably works. I, I just haven't it's figured out. I think what happened is like, maybe I downloaded like the extension and the extension is different than like the plugin. Like maybe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe in 2022 they released it. So it's actually different and it's a built in thing and you got to go somewhere else to get it. Cause with 2022, they redid all the menus and shit as well. You know what I mean? And they redid yeah. like the edit screen and the export screen. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a random, like, thing that a window turn or, on and yeah. it's like opens it up i don't really fucking know i got to figure that out but well, either way i thought it was really cool um you know hopefully we can kind of make use of it, it was good to kind of get to know it yeah um, absolutely because this is something i could see being you know very useful especially with live sports yeah and so we were also trying out a uh a team projects workflow with it and you know the, the producer was on site and but, you know, not connected to our server just because we didn't really have time to get them set up. And I could see that being really useful, the the team projects plus the camera to cloud if the producer is not able to be on site. But yeah. or even like an assistant editor, like two people editing at the same time, one person pulling selects and the other person doing the ed the actual edits, you mm -hmm. know, to to really invigorate that. I workflow. mean, that's where we would take uh, Brian's good sync. Absolutely. You know, Good Sync rep, Brian. <laughs> That's where we would take, if you took Good Sync and paired it with team projects and camera to cloud, you could be like the ultimate remote kind of powerhouse. Uh, I personally would hate that. I think that fucking sucks. I, I like hate 
remote workflow for the most part. I think yeah. it's, I'm just so used to it. It's, it's cool, but like it's at a certain point, it gets like to be too much. It's it very messy. We're, we're doing a separate project. I don't know if we talked about it, but it it's like a remote workflow across like six editors and there's multiple 48 terabyte G ray drives oh, and okay. like, it's kind of just all over the place and that is a it's, tough remote workflow. It's like a long form. Let me try. I'm going to try to discuss it without being too uh, specific, but yes. So basically it's f for a client who has been creating a ton of content, a ton of short form content, mm -hmm. like commercial length, like 30 yep. second and you know, up to 60 second, whatever, a ton of stuff, but it's been a very long ongoing thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so they've just been shooting since the beginning, beginning of the year, basically. Yeah. And then there's also archival footage dating back to like five years ago and shit like that. But either way, you know, we're coming in here at the kind of at the tail end because they're kind of winding down, but they just needed some help to get it across the finish line. And uh, what they've been doing is rather than because I guess they didn't have like a you know, any consultant or anyone to help them kind of figure out their post process to begin yep. with. So they just kind of started doing things uh, just a normal way with like hard drives, but then they would have multiple editors in multiple places and then post producers in other states, yep. editors across different states, whatever. Uh, and the shoots would happen all over the place too. And instead of just like having a, you know, a server that has everything and then that server, um, you know, being connected via like media shuttle or something like that. Exactly. And then the editors being able to sync, they just took like a local, you know, rated hard drive and then like a, like a 70 terabyte one or something, and then made copies of it. And then it, it's resulted in like, you know, a ton of over, uh, for safety, like saving multiple versions of the same stuff. And I'm yep. not talking about multiple projects. I'm talking about like, all of the footage from one shoot will be on the drive in like four different places. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, it's like four or five, four terabytes, four times in the same place. So it's like six, taking up 16 terabytes when it should be taking up four. Yeah. It's one mm -hmm. of those things where like they, they kind of built it on a weak foundation. And then, you know, when you keep stacking stuff on top of that over and over, eventually everything kind of crumbles because yeah. you, you didn't start out in a good spot. It really would have benefited from like maybe a cloud storage solution yeah. or, you know, something like good sync where yeah. everyone could get on the same page and have all the same footage. But yeah, I think, it, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to have approached it. Another way to have approached it would have been to just like, if you do want to stick to, cause again, there, there can be like, you know, maybe some people are averse to having cloud storage because it's like security and stuff like that. Right. So maybe yeah. you do want to keep it offline, but in that case, then you need to kind of figure out, um, like a, a localized team who can all work on it and be in the same place. So that yes. way, like if you need something, it's like, here you go, here's a hard drive that you can just run it. Not like, not like, okay, this person, we need to FedEx them a drive overnight because tomorrow they they need a foot you know, yeah, know. I, I, I don't it's know enough thing. about the structure of this company but I, i'm curious why they chose rem a remote workflow like this and not you know something more specific to to a single location yeah but i don't I'm, i have no that, idea. that's how it goes it's you know and so much of it also is like pandemic shit where maybe you know the team initially were in one place and then yeah everyone's kind of moved sure but they don't want to like just get them off the project i don't know it's a whole thing um but yeah, I don't even know how we got to that. Uh, another thing I've been working on is TwitchCon stuff. Yeah, I uh, I haven't seen any of it really. I've just been hearing it's, about it. 
more or less like there were these streams that were done live during TwitchCon and uh, doing stuff like building computers or like doing overclocking demos, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I have to take these like streams and just cut them down, which, you know, in some ways is nice because you're limited, right? You just have like when I drag those things in, I have one track of video and one track of audio and all the audio is baked into one thing. All the videos so baked into one thing. Cutty or it's jump cutty as hell. Okay. Like I just didn't even bother to. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Exactly. Punch in, punch out. Like yeah. that looks just as bad. Sometimes. Yeah, and especially with this because it is you know it's pretty low quality. But like the way I looked at it was, well, it's like a forty-five minute long stream that I have to get down to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only do so much and. uh that's kind of why I like it is because it's like the limitations are there. So it, it, it seems like a very boring project kind of compared to yours. It's like the exact flip side where you have yeah. like all this raw footage. That's like really nice. And it was yeah. shot in studio and everything looks six good. Six hours of B roll. You have a lot of coverage options for yep. me. I have like one, you know, in some cases one, like two hour long stream that I need to cut down to 10 minutes. Yep. And I'm like, okay, well let me figure out how to do this. You sure. know? So two flip sides of the coin. I, I'd rather do the shit that I'm doing personally. Like I don't, I'd rather do the shit that I'm doing as well. Yeah. yeah so. That makes sense. Um, all right. Bef- uh, we're we're going to get to a little bit of news shit in a second, but you know, the most important thing I think of the week. Wow. Chris almost week. got poached. I did. Chris almost got poached. Call him the egg. They start calling, <laughs> they started calling him the egg around the office. Yeah. So I, uh, what's I, up the egg, the egg, bro. Uh, so I got a message on, like Monday, I think. Let's leave names out of it. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, hi blank, uh, hi yeah, Chris. Leave, oh, the egg. <laughs> Hello, the egg. Um, it's uh, a recruiter at the National Hockey League reached out and said, "I'm reaching out to you because we have a few video editing positions open that you might be a great fit for. Be available for a Zoom interview to learn more about each other. I'd love to speak with you regardless to learn how we can best help each other." Um, so it sounds like NHL trying to poach me as a video editor. They were poaching you. I know, which is ironic because I already do work. Here they are. Here yeah. They are. Um, now I, I did kind of look up what I assume the position is, and it's like a nighttime video editor, and you'd have to work weekends and holidays, and I'm just not interested in that. Uh, but yeah, it's not a uh, it's not not a very desirable thing to be working those days. No, no that's well, kind of with sports though in general. Like they all you always have to work nights and weekends and shit. You know? Yeah, it's it's weird though because uh, I read the job description. Oh, that was one thing you were talking about. You're like, man, it says video editor, but then it, the job had yes. all these extra things so, that were like not really some of the essential duties include developing new content franchises uh making database decisions to optimize nhl's digital platforms monitoring platform trends and brand health to make content decisions developing seo strategy for titles and descriptions uh, like developing thumbnail packages to increase click-through rates and impressions and it's like that's not really a video editor's job. If I was going to have all those duties, I would need a better title than digital video editor, common night. I mean, that's why I'm, uh, sort of, well, I, I'm sort of like, uh, I don't know. Bullish means you, you're, you're you're high into it. it. Bearish means you're not. Yes. So I'm very bearish on the title of video editor. I think like, I think I've said it before on the show where, um, I think video editing is like dead in the water. Like it, everyone knows how to do it now pretty much. And mm-hmm. it's it, like the bar is so low. 
to edit videos that like it's I mean, useless. Like I would never want that title again in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I don't ever want to be credited as a video editor anywhere. I mean, that's how I describe like when people ask what I do, I'm like, I'm a video editor. That's not my title. Yeah. And I, like I do more than that. But when it, that's what it boils down to. I say I run a production company. Yeah. Sometimes I say that, too. Sometimes uh, you should say that. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I say me and some friends run a post-production company. Yeah. It's I just like I, I think that, you know, like I said, the bar is so low because there's so much fucking content. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like anyone can put two clips together. It's like the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Video editing is literally just putting clips together in the right order and yeah, I mean, switching still, clips at the right time. I, <laughs> I, I like, think it's still tough to be like a good video editor. Like totally. I don't think there's a lot of good editors or yeah. like a lot of great editors. There's a lot of people who can edit videos, but I mean the, the most difficult part honestly is fitting into that like that workflow that corporate workflow or yeah. like just being a professional at video editing you know yeah 100 percent. because there, I mean, there, there's a ton of like youtube editors you know shit like that well, that's not not to say that that's not real a real job or real work but yeah it's you're not really in the industry i mean i think it's like that with any like literally any profession though yeah you know what i mean yeah. except i think video editing used to have a crazy barrier to entry where 100%. like people just didn't even understand that it existed. Mm-hmm. And and I'm talking, that's not long ago. I'm talking like 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. People didn't even understand that that was a profession. And now people edit those same people who didn't understand that was a profession, edit videos on their phone every single day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I 100%. mean? Like it's, it's fucking nuts. Um, I used to, it's kind of like with photo editing. I remember when I first kind of started working on Intel stuff, I was started as a photo editor and I'd go to the to these like tech events and edit photos. And then I'd take my breaks to go like walk around real quick. Cause I'd been in this room for like four hours, just like editing photos. Sure. I would like take a break real quick and I'd go walk outside and I'd get my phone out and I'd take a picture on Instagram and I would just edit my picture. And I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm <laughs> on break from editing pictures and I'm editing pictures. And, and I think like, you know, your brain uh, is broken. Yeah. That, but also that just goes to show like how much of our kind of, um, like fun or leisure time is spent doing like creative things mm-hmm. without really even thinking about it. Like TikTok is a very creative thing. And sure. a lot of people like have at least dabbled in how to make them. And yeah. the fact that people can make them, it really opens the door to video production. It's like the easiest shit in the fucking world, but you're right. Fitting into the professional part. That's what's hard. It is difficult. Um, but you know, having said that it's like, I view vid- video editing like any other technology, like, I don't know, cars, you know, in like the 1910s or 1920s, cars is like rare to find people who drove cars. Sure. They're like, damn, only a couple of people know how to drive cars. And then like by the 40s, it was like, OK, like most people are people are like actually learning how to drive cars. And now like everybody drives cars. And yeah. Like you can't now expect it's weird if you don't you're not drive special a car. To, yeah. You're not special just because you drive a car. Exactly. Same with video editing. I think like in 20 years, everyone is literally going to know how to edit videos and it's going to be like one of the most minimum wage, easily accessible jobs period ever, you know, hopefully not or that, or it's going to disappear and just be like kind of folded into other professions where it's going to be like, you, yeah, you you also need to know how to video edit. Yeah. Like you can't just say this is my job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be, I think, I think high budget productions will always need dedicated video editors who who really know what they're doing, but it's like that the digital content that we mostly specialize in, that's going to be like, you know, the rates are going to get driven down and down over time, I think. 
Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can kind of pivot into uh, some real work. Uh, <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no offense. Hey. Uh, any clients might be listening. Uh, Your work is very real to us. It's real to me. Damn it. Uh, um, all right, Chris, you put you pulled a couple uh, articles into the into the docket here. I yeah. think we've actually like done a decent amount in the first half, so we don't need to spend too long on them. But let's let's get into them. Yeah, so we'll we'll go pretty quickly. We're just talking about you know TikTok as a you know a creative endeavor, and this is a uh, an article from No Film School. Surprise, surprise. Are you a TikToker? <laughs> this could be your ticket to the film industry. Uh, so apparently. NBC Universal is launching an initiative designed to turn TikTokers into the next generation of television creators. Uh, the program is called Creator Accelerator. It's going to feature 11 social media creators who have at least 10 million followers to create original series as part of the program. And uh, so Deadline's reporting that the creators will each have their own NBC Universal content development mentor to develop scripted and unscripted programs and, uh, you know, help them get it greenlit. But I, I don't know. Like, so my opinion on this is what I mean, it's, it's a novel idea. It's it's worth doing. But one, it seems like NBC Universal is just trying to get some easy numbers. Yeah, I, I mean, did you already say this? But in order to qualify, they had, they had to have over 10, 10 million. million yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like the way I really see it is most of these uh, creators are successful because of the platform, like because they found a way to be creative within that minute or three minutes. Now it's like 10 or whatever. Yeah. But like they found a way to to give interesting content as a short form medium. But like, I don't think that's going to translate very well to TV. Most of these kids have never like really scripted something like that or 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 worked on something longer yeah it's almost like you just it's almost kind of what we were just talking about about translating to a professional like sphere yeah absolutely i mean i think there there will probably be some cool things to come from it but i think for the most part this is going to flop i don't know what what do you think it's tough man i'm i'm torn because part of me is like just super nihilistic and it's just like man yo like this shit is not gonna work out like fuck this part of me the other part of me though is like all right well hey this is interesting like you know maybe they will have some ideas i definitely don't think uh that nbc are doing this in good faith no (laughs) i think that this is just them trying to like cheaply acquire new content and new marketing because i'm sure that all of these people are doing this for like a very sweet deal for NBC. Yeah. Like if you want to hire like 10 people who have that sort of built in marketing arm and also consider themselves to be like writers, quote unquote, and Mm -hmm. people who like can develop a show that's going to cost you like so much more money than probably what they're spending doing this. Um, I I just like, I personally can't see it pumping out any good content that isn't like sketch comedy related or something like that. Cause I mean, how many, and maybe this is just my algorithm, but I don't think I've ever come across like a TikTok series that tells a story over a long period of time. Like yeah. they're always one offs, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. I think it could result in like a decent sketch show. But another thing, and I, again, I'm not trying to like be mean to to like younger creators, but that's kind of what it comes down to is like everyone here who is part of this. I'm just looking at this picture. They all seem to be like younger yeah, of course. And if you're like really young like that, 
you probably don't have like anything interesting to, to say, like no offense, but yeah, that, you know, I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just like, if you've lived less experience and you're, you know, yeah, you, the, all these people are in the same social sphere at this point. They exactly. all have 10 million TikTok followers. They're word. They're like, have to post things every day. You're not really, I don't think you're going to get too much like exciting shit. And even if you translate. do get exciting shit, it's only going to resonate with a set like audience. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know how, I don't know what the crossover is between that audience and Peacock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that you're going to like pull people onto no, Peacock to no. watch their yeah, well, yeah. Like why am, why am I going to like pay a monthly subscription to watch TikTokers on Peacock when I can watch, watch TikTokers for, for free? free. Yeah. On TikTok. And I can like, watch them do their own ideas that they want to do exactly. rather than having to put them through a pitch process and get greenlit. Right. Exactly. So it's like, right. And it's, it's not like, I mean, if you have 10 million followers, it's not like you don't have, you know, the, the ability to do some high level production, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they make money. Yeah. They like, they can kind of, they don't have a limit on what they're able to produce. So why do they need NBC universal's help? Yeah. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what comes of it. Yeah. It'll be um, cool. Hopefully they make some cool shit. Yep. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think they will, but hopefully we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, what else you got? Uh, this this one's just a real quick one. Marlon Wayans is going to host something called Oh Hell No. It's a virtual reality series for Meta, and it's kind of it's basically about having other celebrity friends confront their biggest fears in virtual reality using a, a you know Meta Quest Two VR headset, mm-hmm. which. Uh, Oh, aren't those the ones that are like going to be really expensive? No, no, that's mm-hmm. the ones that like that's the one that I have, the ah, Oculus okay. Quest. Okay. You know, now it's Meta Quest. Uh, but they are coming out with the Pro sometime next year, I heard probably like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, fucking crazy. But I think that's supposed to be more of a. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be just a strictly gaming kind of thing. I think yeah. it's more of a. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going for if with you're, that. If you're listening, to this this episode dropped on the 24th, and this series is supposed to premiere on the 26th. Yep, so Wednesday, absolutely. So to October 26th. So this, uh, you know, there's going to be like Anthony Anderson, Kelly Rowland. There's some decent names on here. It's Marlon Wayans calling in his uh, favors, uh, basically, <laughs> basically. Um, and it's you know the, some of the fears include uh, fear of ghosts to fear of sharks and fear of heights fear of animals, whatever. And they, they put these celebrities in the VR headset and basically expose them to this through virtual reality. Uh, I, and it, I think you're able to watch it on your Oculus uh, on, I think they call it Meta TV or something like that. Yeah. I just, I don't know how interested I'm going to be in it. I'm going to try to watch it because it, I, I just want to see what it's about. But like, are you going to be able to experience what the celebrities are doing? Or are you just going to be watching them react to things? And then, you know, they show a screen of what they're seeing. Like, I, it's not good enough for me to just see a screen. I need to be able to interact with the same exact content in yeah. the same exact way. I would I, I would bet that they've they've thought about that and that they are trying to make it more immersive. I would hope. Um, but yeah, you're right. If it's just like watching a video of someone playing VR, I'm not going to be very interested in it. Yeah. Um, you would have to like maybe experience it alongside them, right? That, yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Uh, and I mean, like, you know, it's, it seems like they have them hooked up to, you know, in a kind of a, a simulator chair that can rumble and stuff like that. Say they're on a, a plane that's crashing and, yeah. you know, they, they can kind of simulate things a little bit better than you could at home. But still, I just... I only see so much appeal in it. Like for, for me, the cool part about VR is experiencing yourself, not seeing other people experience it. Yeah. VR is, um, 
VR is very, very weird. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you just kind of hit the nail on the head. Yep. It's you, you, it's a, it's a, you, it's a you thing. It like, really is. It, it's not really a group experience. It could be a group experience if everyone's doing it at the same time and somehow the headsets are like, you know, you're all in the same place and you're all kind of seeing each other, mm-hmm. you know, or you're virtually in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. But in the metaverse, what would be cool is if they, did something like this where it was like done live mm. and then anyone who wanted to like also join in could like put on their uh headset. their headsets that, and somehow be in the same world yeah i think that'd but be pretty pretty cool that's yeah that's not even tv anymore it's just like video games <laughs> yeah right i think i have seen like some I think I think you can like go to a virtual movie theater with other people and watch the same movie on a big screen or something like that. It's There's some cool stuff, but I just I can't have the headset on for two hours either. I also just don't think that we like as humanity understand how to think about VR yet. Yeah. Like I don't think our brains know how to do it yet because it, it's like one of those like I don't think we can comprehend it until like we've it becomes second nature and if it becomes like a part of your day-to-day life sure then you'll start to like understand how to use it creatively and how to unlock different parts of it sure i think right now everything we're seeing with vr is just so hacky and, and gimmicky it's just like uh I all right well i don't, cool I don't games, know how to use it yeah video games video yeah. games are the only place i think where it actually kind of works Same. but in terms of like you know content creation yeah, or, whatever, or just like living in the metaverse whatever yeah, that shit well we're not we're not we haven't figured it out yet like everything's yeah. a gimmick right now it's yeah. not it's not all the way there it's half-baked um, all right, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, Chris is going to face off against Vince Gilligan. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to get crushed. Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. <laughs> We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? It's the one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say. You gotta walk all your gear up and fly the stairs. Okay, that's, yeah, that's never that's, fun. That's that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. Welcome back, Sizzlers. Welcome. We have a special surprise guest. Yeah, he just pulled up. Skirt. Uh, what up? What up? That is the one and only Lil Brisky. Lil Brisky. You know, we had an idea of what was coming in the second half. We were like, we're going to do Chris versus Vince Gilligan, but now... It's Chris versus Vince versus Vince Gilligan. Wow. See, you That's know, right. I didn't realize that it was the the Vince Gilligan who did Breaking Bad. And uh, what do you think it was? Saw. I thought it was uh, Vince Gill, the country music singer. Oh, I yeah. thought it was Gilligan's Island. Oh, so we were damn. all fucked on this one. Dude, I all thought right. it was me, but it wasn't. Um, all right, Vince, welcome to the show. I know you had a long ass day, so we're happy that you managed to uh, make it. You know what I mean? Uh, last week, we were supposed to have a guest, and the guest bailed partway through the first segment. Yes, so, it did happen. But Amy came and saved the day, so this time, you came and saved the day, man. Everyone saved the day. I'm like, I'm, I, heard it's, uh, I heard the word Gilligan, so I feel like I had to save the day. 
Yeah. Save the island. Save the island. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yep. Uh, island boys. Yeah. Oh, island boys. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get into it because we got 10, uh, 10 tips here. Um, 10 tips from Vince Gilligan uh, about screenwriting. Okay. And um, the way it works is I'm going to read the tip and then you guys will kind of give your thoughts on it. I'll kind of make my own notes. And cool. at the end, we'll see who wins. Um, uh, okay. Tip number one. When you hear a ridiculous idea or a joke. Try to think of a domino effect situation that would lead to that ridiculous concept actually being plausible. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So he's. So it's almost saying, like, yes, and yourself into making this make sense. Gaslight yourself into thinking your joke is real. Um, <laughs> I do it all the time. That's it. That's, that's an interesting one. I, I, I don't really disagree. I think it's kind of a confusing way to say it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it kind of uh, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. I mean, he's, like, he's he, is he saying domino effect backwards? Right. Okay. Right. And 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 think of a way that it. In, okay, think of so, a world. So, so start at you basically start at the absurd concept and then you build backwards in right. order. How to how, you know, how do you get there? That's actually. Yeah, it's pretty smart from you, a screenwriting you, you perspective. You think of a world where it would be possible. Yeah. It's kind of like I mean, he did that in Breaking Bad. Like literally yeah. the whole thing was like. A, a high school professor, teacher, yeah. yeah, a chemistry teacher has to cook cr- crack or whatever, yeah. and me- whatever, bro, <laughs> meth, <laughs> whatever. High school professor has to cook meth, like that's a crazy thing. It is it turned into the whole fucking thing. Yeah, he, yeah, he becomes like a fucking you know cartel of his own, basically. It, it's it, and you know what? He probably just domino affected himself right back into all of those things. You know, yeah. Like, well, and and that's how Better Call Salt happened. Really, is like he said, point. how how does this character get to this point where he's working with these people? Yeah. Just, and then he tells that story. Yeah, he kind of he kind of that's maybe why he experiments with time so well. Like the way he works with time is really interesting because mm-hmm. he kind of goes backwards. Yeah. Vince, what do you think? You 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 on board with this tip? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it sets up a lot of different splinter plot points as well. When you're coming, when you have the idea and you're kind of working backwards, it also opens up other avenues to connect other characters and build on other storylines as well. So it's like prefab sprout. You have to walk backwards. You got to walk backwards through that fucking room. what, What is it? The word web? Only like word web. Yeah. Right. When you're in like elementary school, it's like one of the first concepts they do in teaching how to. Oh, I learned that in college. Right. A it's beginning like a word. word web. Web. <laughs> it's like a word web. I baby. Word grad web. school. All right. On to tip number two. Have a finite show in your mind while writing. Make sure the make sure your characters change and they like the show itself have a beginning and an end. So he's kind of basically saying have a beginning and an end to start. Know where you're going to end up. Yeah. I mean, less. that's. Absolutely. I think it's a great tip. I think the the bigger issue is having the freedom from the studios to to see that vision through. I mean, obviously, Vince Gilligan has earned that right. But I think that a lot of a lot of shows just keep going because the numbers are good. I mean, that's what happened with Walking Dead. And that's, you know, to his point, that's why it like people don't even take it seriously anymore, because there was there was never an end. And that's kind of how the the graphic novels were as you well. Think, I wonder if he had that idea though for Breaking Bad, like it ends this way. Probably did. Yeah, I think so. I mean, spoiler alert, but uh, Walter White was always going to die. He had yeah. stage four lung cancer or whatever it was. True, true. Uh, but, you know, it, it was about the story leading up to his death. What about you, Vince? You think that this is a good tip about having a beginning and an end in mind when you come up with a story or a concept? I mean, I think you have to. 
I don't think successful stories happen without it, but I think the whole finite world thing just comes from a, hey, let's make sure we could do spinoffs to make more money. Um, like uh, this morning I saw, this morning I saw on the uh, HBO that there's an Alfred Pennyworth uh, series now, uh, the backstory of is that the, Batman's is that Batman's Butler? Butler? Yeah, what, what the fuck? Yeah, that's actually like kind of cool. Whole, I mean, I just think it's stretching it. It's that's like, that's a bit of a. Do stretch, I, I really? Yeah. I mean, I think Alfred's cool, but like, do I really want to know his his beginnings and the drama that happened before he met Batman? Well, Not really. I mean, I will say when when Better Call Saul was announced, everyone was like, "There's no way this can be as good as Breaking Bad." Like, what is Vince Gilligan doing? This it doesn't it doesn't need to happen, and it you know some people think it's a better show. I will, I, I like it more. Yeah, I mean, I, they're they're you know they're both they're, really good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really the good. same for me. Now now the question for you. Yes. Quick sidebar. Yes, sidebar. Do we do we have an end in mind for the sizzle reel? We do have an end in mind for Ooh, sizzle okay. reel. I haven't told you it yet, but okay. you know what's funny? Am actually, I gonna die at the end? I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, you get replaced. It's actually really funny that you bring that up because I was about to disagree with this. I'm gonna be like. That's I guess that's a cool way to do it. But for me also, like I come I like to improvise more. Sure, Even the yeah. way I write, I like start writing. And yeah, I don't yeah. know where it's gonna go. And I'll just when the end hits, I'll be like or I'll I'll think of the end as I'm going. Yeah, you find you know what you I mean? find I, the natural end yeah. through your process. Like I don't start at the begin I don't start going, This is the beginning, this is the end. I start with here is characters yeah. and let's give them a general framework to work in. And we'll find the beginning will find itself and the end will find itself and the action will find itself. Like, I trust the process. I'm sure. like the Joel Embiid of writing. Oh, of course. You know what yeah, I mean? Planner fa- fa- I got planner fasciitis. all over the place. I got planner fasciitis. Like, I was just at the Eagles game. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so, yeah, that point. I, yeah. And I, you also write more a, like a, a sitcom or like comedy style. Yeah. As opposed to like he, he does dramatic work that and that's part of why his stuff is so powerful. I guess you do need to have beginning and end for drama. That makes yeah. sense. All right. Number three. To make a coincidence believable, make sure it is ultimately bad for the main character. If it benefits them, there shouldn't be a coincidence. Hmm. That's hot. I like that. That's fire. Because it's true. Like, if you have a coincidence that bails your character out, it ends up being like Deus Ex Machina or whatever. Yeah, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? But if... If the coincidence like harms them, then people are just like, oh, my God, that's bad luck. I you think know what I, mean? I think if it harms them, it's a lot more interesting. I don't think that it's totally out of the realm to have some coincidences that that benefit your character, because mm-hmm. like you can you can use those good coincidences to to ultimately put them in new predicaments or like funnier situations, or I guess it depends on, on yeah. what, what story you're telling, but either way you can put them in a new position. It's like, and that's so Raven, right? Where she could see the future, but it, it turns out it doesn't happen the way she thought. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, Vince, what do you think about it? I, I think uh, it depends on the genre. I think uh, for comedies, I think it's hilarious when coincidences kind of happen and it leads up to it uh, for dramas. Yeah. I mean, it could be, seen as a uh, obstacle right an obstacle is always important especially if it helps drive the storyline overall and the individual plot for that episode mm-hmm. um but i think it depends on the genre i kind of I, I like a good bailout because it's like damn yo you just avoided some crazy shit yeah i mean once in a while but you only have in my opinion I, you have a few a couple of those that you yeah. can use you can't be i i will say like 
the the opposite of what he's saying happens a lot in like superhero movies mm-hmm. where like oh something bad you know they're at at the very end the villain's about to kill them and then you know all of a sudden their other superhero friends like save the day yeah, or whatever yeah yeah I'm not, I'm not i'm just not a fan of that kind of shit i know i know um all right number four build the story brick by brick index card by index card fill the cork board with indispensable plot points until you have enough for an episode uh, that's I, I, a very methodical way of doing it. I think it's valid, but I don't think that's for everyone. I um, think it's good when you have multiple writers in the room because it keeps everyone on pace and it's a visual piece. I think, I mean, I, I think that's the norm, right? You yeah. can't go into a writer's room and like not have that. I, I feel like, uh, you, I, I think it's good to have a lot of plot point possibilities that you you know have on your index cards or whatever yeah but i don't think you have to have it completely fleshed out like that because some things some people aren't as methodical in how they write some people want to just start writing and kind of like develop the ideas as they go which i think i think is valid as well i i don't think he's wrong i just don't think that's the only way of doing it i think i will say i think the way that he describes it it results in a much punchier show that like hits and hits and hits and hits and needs less like rewriting and editing Mm -hmm. But if you just go for it, like your show will be slower to start with and you really need to fill gaps. Because like for me, the way I think about this is those index cards would instead be full of scenarios and jokes. Mm -hmm. And like if you can write a bunch of great little if you have a bunch of great little jokes and moments and scenarios, you post all those. Then you link them to characters and get characters involved in each scenario. And suddenly you have a really powerful episode of a show that includes like fucking like 60 jokes it does or more, you it know? does sound eerily similar to the the manatees and <laughs> in south park and then the family guy okay all right just a little bit all right okay well hey i guess i could write family guy i'm not mad I, at yeah, it yeah i'm not mad at it. i probably could write family guy could. honestly but th- you know what this is funny this leads into a good point vince you were talking about how this is good for multiple writers and uh the next one says as a new staff writer remember to have a good attitude in the writer's room don't try to change the show you need to first prove yourself by having the ability to speak in the voice of the characters already in it right so have a good attitude going in don't try to change the show i mean yeah i one i can't argue because i've never been a staff writer in you know in a writer's room on a show Mm -hmm. but two like Especially if the show's already established. Stolen Valor over here. I'm I'm a staff writer on the show, actually. Oh, yeah, staff writer. Spoiler alert. That's why it's so fucking bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Give credit where credit's due. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Have a good attitude. Don't come in, like, trying to change the world. I I mean, I think that's... I mean, that advice applies across almost every industry there is right like if you're the new guy you got to understand what's going on and how things are done here before you can start blowing it up yeah that's true um i mean that's yeah it goes it goes without saying i think uh all right uh, next one make sure you have a one-liner pitch sentence about your show that gives an idea of where the show is going and stick by that one-liner elevator pitch elevator pitch even less right it's just like yeah. almost like a log line yeah, uh, I mean, I think that would be a pretty tough ask to just like, I don't, I guess you could describe those shows in one sentence, but it would be a, a pretty long sentence, right? Well, no, I mean, not really. Like, yeah, you can say it in one sentence. For Breaking Bad, I'd be like a, uh, a high school 
physics or chemistry, a high school chemistry teacher, you know, finds out he has cancer and cooks meth to build up money for his family. But along the way, finds himself in a whole heap of trouble with the cartel. Okay, I mean, right? I mean, that's basically it. That, that is basically it. Six. Yeah. Game of Thrones with more dragons and less character arcs. That's what that's what Breaking Bad is. That's <laughs> what the new Game of Thrones is. Oh, the oh, new is it? I, I haven't seen it. House of the Dragon. I'm watching it actually. I uh, I saw that the the finale was leaked online. Ooh, can't yeah. wait to. You want me to torrent it for you? Uh, I'll wait till Sunday. Okay. Um, all right. Next one. Appreciate it. Your writing won't be of quality when you first start, no matter who you are. But if you start with an enthusiasm for it and keep at it, you'll get there. What's that practice? How? What's the best way to get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Um, that I mean, the first time anyone writes, yeah, probably not. It's definitely a learned skill. But I think that you can be a talent. Like if you've already been writing before and you come on to a new show. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to be bad. No, 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 no. But yeah, but this person's, I mean, he's saying, I think the first time you start writing, I mean, this is kind of like a no break. Yeah. Like, that's no like, shit. Yeah. That one, that, that advice kind of sucks. It's not wrong. It's just like so basic and useless. Like the, the first from adventure time, the first step to, or being bad at something is the first step to being good at something. Right. Yeah. Like almost no one is great at anything the first time they do it. I feel like that was a filler advice wow yeah he had like six good ones and he's like how do i fill out this list how do i oh yeah he should have had his index cards yeah dude he needed to write more plot points yeah Um, maybe that was the author of whatever article you're reading oh geez um all right uh number eight there's no other way of pitching than putting one leg in front of the other make sure you really believe in the project and just go for it you thought the last one was filler yeah (laughs) what's Uh, this one i i mean so you can't uh, sometimes you're pitching something that you don't totally believe in. I get that. But you can't you can't ever show that off at all. Right. You have to have supreme confidence in it. Yeah. Even if internally you don't, you have to yeah, if, externally show that if you go into a pitch trying to pitch some shit that you don't believe in, you're not going to win the pitch. Probably unless, not. Unless you pay me a lot of money, then I'll lie my ass off. But here, here's the thing. Like, yeah, just because you still, they'll see through that. Just because you don't believe in it doesn't this beautiful smile doesn't mean that someone else in that room isn't intrigued by it for whatever reason. Like sometimes it's just about throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. I love more dragons. Yes, the kids love dragons. The kids do love dragons. We need more dragons, and they're like, I don't don't think that's. Did you ever pitch stuff, or what's your experience like with pitching? I mean, like you came from the agency world, so like, what? How do you like relate to this? Like, you probably had to pitch shit you don't believe in. Both. It's a mix. Uh, It's a give or take in those situations, whether whether it's internally or externally. Um, I've been in situations where I'm pitching something that I don't believe in and I'm just like in the back of my mind, like, fuck this. However, I'm molding it with stuff that I do believe in. So it's like a give or take. I can't just walk in there and just pitch everything that I want. I have to like also do the lame ass, like, oh, we should flyer <laughs> you know like who mm-hmm. the fuck flyers on the sidewalk yeah. but that's what the old heads want in, in the group so i have to kind of say hey we should flyer but there's a qr code on it to uh, give them some sort of to, to mediate and hit the middle yeah, ground yeah, yeah. um so, all right no, job. number nine in television production you sometimes have to roll with the punches if something doesn't go your way don't dwell on it rather try turn try to turn lemons into lemonade 
Um, I mean, yeah, obviously you're, you don't always get what you want, right? Yeah. That's, that's just a universal truth. That's the job. Um, and I mean, in general, yeah, I turning lemons into lemonade, he, he's not wrong, but it's like, so, sometimes you can't turn a bad situation into a good one. Like you just have to take, take the hit and move on. Like you what? don't, ha- you don't have to turn it into anything. You just have to be able to go past it. What do you think? I mean, it's hard to be against this uh, Vince Gilligan guy. I kind of wish this was against Elon Musk or something or Kanye West, but... Um, I, I want to hear Kanye West's advice on creating films. <laughs> yeah. That would be fucking nuts. Um, I mean, it's hard to disagree, honestly. I mean, you just got to, like, put... I'm, I'm sure in that in the specific industry, you're going to get shot down so many times that in order to actually, like enjoy what you do you gotta have you just have to go through the bullshit no matter yeah. what you, you gotta, gotta have be, thick skin you gotta be bulletproof yeah. when's the last time that you had something like that that happened that you had to roll with the punches and kind of turn lemons into lemonade um i don't that's, know getting shitty too, getting shitty notes and just making sure that even though i know it's gonna come out shitty i kind of make it i mean it's going to be shitty, but then again, they, that's what they want. Yeah. So like, that's the the turning lemons to lemonade. Like, that's what they want. That makes them happy. So fuck it. It's, it's a loss for me, but whatever. They're paying me, so I don't care. What about you? Uh, for me, probably when we came up with like 10 different concepts, like gambling concepts for, uh, you know, a client that we used to work with. Yeah. And we pitched them all and they basically they just said we already had all these ideas <laughs> it's like yeah i'm sure you did that's yeah. that, that's why you asked us to come I, up with a bunch of ideas i totally forgot about that yeah that's and funny. and uh you know like nothing nothing came of it and we didn't turn lemons into lemonade with it we just kind of moved on i mean we thought about I mean, we turned lemonade into it i mean we made it <laughs> whatever man we made it into lemonade because we, we i mean at least i did because i was like hey that was a good experience I, yeah right? i love the experience but like that part had already happened plus, you know i'd already gotten the experience that's, of that's it true. but plus now we have the shows we could always that's make true. them if we want that's true you know? for me the lemons into lemonade thing is probably like it, i don't I can't off the top of my head think of it but the first place my head went was like production related shit like when mm-hmm. you're on set and something doesn't happen the way you think it's gonna and you need to pivot or like, you know, just something goes wrong and yeah. you have to pivot and like do something different with it. Um, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I was trying to think of stuff from the September trip to Minnesota, but, you know, maybe maybe that would be like the lights, like the lighting kit we had, like wasn't really what we expected. but We still like made it look good. You know what I mean? Or there was like, you couldn't keep this whole space quiet, but the way that we ran audio actually ended up working. Sure. You know, sure. Random things like that. We went to a Menards to get a stool to, to make that's sure true. everyone was comfortable. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Like we didn't have seating. So we, and we didn't have a car, but we managed to f- go find a stool somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, I think it's a lot easier on to, to take that tip and put it towards production. I think it's fun. It's funny that you put it towards pre like writing and sure. you put it towards post. Sure. So it's interesting. Um, all right, the last one, number 10, most of the time doing organic storytelling that stems from character is a good way to go about writing television, but sometimes writing something just for the fun of it might result in great moments. I mean, yeah, the, like that's kind of how we write, you know, when, when we write, it's just for fun. It's, you know, we're not trying to get a, a pilot picked up by some studio i think if you're not writing for fun then 
your your content's probably not going to be great if you don't like what you're doing. Um, what, what was his first point? He basically was saying that if you write from the oh, from the, character, yeah. it's well, a good way to write. Yeah, but. writing from character, like having character driven stories, is very important as well, and like kind of getting into their mindset and and how they would do things. But you know, sometimes you just want to write something wacky and different, and I think. You, yeah. Good stuff comes from that. You know, it, it kind of it opens up your creativity a little bit more. You're not you're no longer limited by just this character and their perspective. Yeah. People love a good filler episode. I am not one of those people. Well, what? Do, how do you like to write, Vince? Do you write ever? Yeah. Or do you mostly do like treat like treatments he must have hated for, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the condensed version yet, which I really want to. I mean, yeah, beginning, middle, end. And I try to be forward while adding to things, but not too much. I don't, I'm not into the whole too much fluff. Like if I'm going to watch a series or show like... I do have that weird rule where I don't watch it until it's over, but I break that all the time. But I do like like a short series. Like, give me four seasons and I'm good. Three well, seasons, wait, good. Give me a mini series. series. Good. So, yeah. in terms of writing, though, like, what is your style of writing? Like, how how do you write? Like, do you write? Do you ever write scripts and then write them from like character perspectives, or do you come up more with plot points? Because I know like you like to work on music videos, so you like to think of stories. So you like to think of maybe treatments. Do you just kind of write? vague like kind of bigger big picture type things or do you like to delve into characters and arcs and shit like that just basic plot points that serve the beginning middle end it, no 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 specific details like that because you know music videos are going to be like n- not longer than five six minutes yeah yeah i feel like i i like to i don't know i think i like to write from characters like i haven't really written in a while but every time i write i the first thing i think of is like who is this character because yeah. this needs to like i think you're a it's all about them. yeah you know um that's how it is uh all right any last words any last things you want to say before we get to scoring this thing because that was 10 of them uh, i know we buzzed through it real quick but it's because we had a long first segment yeah mr gilligan started out pretty strong with it with his advice he had some filler in there maybe he was just you know writing for fun but mm-hmm overall great advice and i love his work so can't can't really disagree with it all right vince you got anything you want to say to uh to vince gilligan Uh, i think most people named vince are very intelligent smart and successful so props to him for coming up with a great list of things that were hard to disagree against he he says most i I guess i guess (laughs) there's some little filler stuff but all right. Well, now it's time to get to the scoring. You guys know how this works. I'm going to read. I have no idea back. how this works. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone knows how this works. All right. Number one, he said, when you hear a ridiculous idea or a joke, try to think of a domino effect situation that would lead to that concept actually being plausible. Chris, you said you don't really disagree. We kind of decided that's kind of how Breaking Bad happened. Mm-hmm. Vince, you said it. Uh, it's like a word web. And that earned you the point because I didn't know what that meant, but I love it. I love the idea of a word web. <laughs> word web. So yeah. Vince is up one to zero to oh, zero shit. after the first round. Wow. For reintroducing an elementary concept, number, I'll take it. Number two, uh, you also said some good shit there. You said, it, you said it sets up good splintered plot points and opens up avenues. And I was like, I love the bullshit. I got to give him that point. <laughs> nice. uh, number two, have a finite show in your mind while writing. Make sure your characters change and they have a beginning and an end, like the show itself. Sure. Chris, you're 
you generally just said the studios are holding us down and like, you know, we don't have freedom to do this. Vince, I don't even know if you answered this. I didn't write it down a note for you. Um, I said when I write, I don't like having a beginning or an end and just kind of finding it as I go. And I thought that was really cool. So I gave myself the point. (laughs) So so that's one for me. Uh, This is a Number three, to make a coincidence believable. (laughs) To make a coincidence believable, make sure it's ultimately bad for the main character. Uh, Chris, you said if it harms them, it's more interesting. I said this is a fire idea. And Vince said it really depends on the genre. But again, this is a fire idea. So I give this point to Vince Gilligan. So Vince Gilligan has okay. one. Vince Alvarado has one. And uh, I have one. Chris is still zero on this one. Uh, number four, build the story brick by brick, index card by index card, get the plot points going. Chris, you said it's very methodical. It's valid, but not for everyone. Vince, you said it's good when you have multiple writers. And, um, you know, I know you have a lot of experience in the writer's room. So I had to give you the point on that one. Uh, which leads to the next nice. one as a new staff writer remember to have a good attitude try don't try to change the show um, Chris you said you can't argue with that but you've never been a writer and Vince you said you are a staff writer again on the sizzle reel and I just agree with that we all love this point I gave that one to Vince Gilligan so he also has two okay so so far for those at home the score is Vince two other Vince two me one Chris zero but nice but as we got onto the second half Chris started making a bit of a comeback. Okay. Make sure you have a one-liner pitch sentence about your show. Chris, I didn't write any notes for you, but Vince wrote, Vince has something like Game of Thrones with more dragons, and I thought that was just <laughs> ridiculous because I didn't know where it came from because we were like literally hadn't talked about Game of Thrones at all. So, Chris, you got the point. Um, <laughs> that was the pitch, though. Sure. Uh, number seven, your writing won't be of quality when you first start, no matter who you are. Uh, Vince, you call this filler. And Chris, you said that advice kind of sucks. And you made a, a reference to Adventure Time. And I like how you're coming for Vince Gilligan. You're swinging. You really started okay. swinging in the seventh round. So, Chris, you're up to two points. Wow. So that puts you guys I'm getting all, points for my worst takes. All on two. Uh, number eight, there's no other way of pitching than putting one leg in front of the other. Uh, Chris, you said just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean they don't believe in it, which I was kind of didn't know what that meant. Uh, but Vince, you said, I love dragons. And then you, <laughs> and then you gave uh, your an agency experience related answer, which I really liked. Uh, and I kind of coaxed you to that because I wanted to give you the point. So you get the point for I that. Like turtles. So Vince is at three. We got two rounds left. Vince is up by one uh, for the ninth round in television production. You sometimes have to roll with the punches. Chris, you said that's a universal truth. And then you yeah. guys wanted to talk about some of your kind of experience turning lemons into lemonade. Sure. And the fact that Vince Gilligan managed to get some good talking points and stories out of you, I think he gets the point. Okay, so you have so the three now? Three for Vince Gilligan. And it comes down to this. I feel like you're writing this as we go along. Most of the time, I had a beginning and an end. Most of the time, doing organic storytelling stems from characters, a good way to write television, but sometimes writing for the fun of it can result in great moments. Chris, you said, if you're not writing for fun, then your content isn't going to be great. And Vince, uh, actually, I don't know. I, I think I stopped taking notes part of through because all I wrote was people love. <laughs> that I don't know. People love something. I, think you I don't know. Give that to Vince. I gave that to Vince Gilligan. So ah. Vince Gilligan with four points wins this very special round. No. Uh, Hell in a Cell, Chris versus. That's the some with, good writing here. He, he jumped in. Um, so guys, thank you for coming on. That was really fun. Um, you know. 
I hope you guys learned a lot and uh, got some good takeaways and hopefully, you know, you'll have some coincidences happen to your characters. Hopefully they'll be good ones. All, great BuzzFeed all article. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, th- it's a very low effort podcast. All right. Let's get into the part. <laughs> the part of the show that everyone knows and loves. It's what we learned last week. What we learned last week. Um, all right, Vince, did you learn anything last week or are you just going to be ask, along for ask the ride? Me second. Okay, Chris, why don't you go first? Uh, well, I learned uh, that one of the best basketball players of all time was born in Akron, Ohio. His name is Wardell Stephen Curry II. Oh, wow. Yep, born in Akron while his dad, Dell, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. 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 Wait, so Steph Curry and LeBron were both born in Akron. Yep. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind of. You got something, Vince? Said, uh, I learned second. that a, the Hallmark Channel is launching their holiday movies this weekend. Oh. Yeah, I worked Wait, on a little project Halloween. with the Hallmark Channel, and apparently they made 30 original films for this holiday season. <laughs> one for and each day. one for each day, starting this Friday. A capitalistic plug for the Wait, people that paid me. They're making... what? So they're all they've about made, Christmas? or yeah, they all, or They've made 30 holiday films. For this specific season, or and then start other tonight. Day. Are they bad? I don't know. I, I haven't mean, seen them, but they're thirty movies. They're thirty holiday movies, not including the the, the ones that they've made like prior years. Quantity over quality. Hey, you know yeah. what? Whatever. As long as people are watching, I guess. Yeah. Um, I learned about a thing called the Eisenhower decision matrix. Uh, the Eisenhower matrix. Basically, it's a way to think about productivity, and it divides tasks upon being urgent or important right so if something is urgent and important you just need to do it Mm -hmm. like you need to do it yourself as a founder or whatever if something is urgent but it's not important you need to delegate it so it's like something that like it needs to be done urgently but not too much like is riding on it you can just tell someone to go do it Mm -hmm. because okay they mess up whatever you can just fix it real quick um if something is not urgent but important you need to schedule it to make sure that there is time set to get it done okay but you don't have to do it right away and if it's not urgent and not important you can delete it meaning okay. you just don't have to fucking deal with it so maybe you know take that into the future and kind of think about when things come your way you know like when you get random people messaging you on linkedin you can be like not urgent not important don't need to deal with it yeah but sometimes you know if uh someone hits you up if matt king texts you and they need he needs notes that's urgent and important you know so, so. i do it I think we all use this matrix. We just don't really. Yeah, subconsciously. Yeah, but it's a very interesting way to look at yeah, things. Yeah, so it's, it's cool to have that like you know, framework. Exactly. It's the Eisenhower matrix, baby. Shout out. Thanks, Shout out, Mr. Eisenhower. Military industrial complex. Let's go. Um, <laughs> Let's get it. Uh, Vince, uh, anything you want to you want to add? Any anything you want to plug? Um, what you've been up to and stuff like that. If any fans out there, if they've been to Colombia, just booked a flight to Colombia. For the holidays. So if anyone has any tips or ideas, message the gang and hit me up and let my, me know what to do. I'm going to be there for two and a half weeks. live there. Oh, you're Colombian? No. Oh, shit. You look Colombian. I um, I look Venezuelan. Um, yeah, you do. Actually. Look, I think that you guys need to call in 332-333-4361. Feb, def, Feb, def, HD1. And leave a message about what Vince needs to do in Colombia. Yeah. Yes. I think that would be pretty good. Um, 
Vince, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Air Vince One across everything except for TikTok. That's not my TikTok. That's an imposter. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, where can the people find uh, the Sizzle Reel? We're at Sizzle Reel Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Sizzle Reel Gang at gmail.com. And we are Shishkin Productions on Instagram and TikTok. Yes. And there's a cold line, too. We, you just Burr. said it. Burr. You already said Burr. it. What's the cold line number again? Three, three, two, three, 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 forty-three, sixty-one. Damn, who let that horse in here? Um, man, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it was a fun ass episode, yeah. and uh, we hope that your week is off to a flying start. Woo! Bye. Shishkin Productions Podcast.